Well, hello. Hi, how are you, Michael? I'm good. I'm. What, what's new with you? Well, I went to Burning Man. It um, would it would be you at Burning Man when a shitload of Britney stuff decides to drop. I know we were talking <laughs> in my camp not about Britney, but we were just like anything could be happening in the world. We would have no idea because so we that, are. Oh, yeah, you're like secluded. There's no service anywhere. I remember um, when the pandemic started and people were like, they were legitimately talking about what are the people in the big brother house? Yeah. And I think when they get out, they have no right. idea right now that the world is like in lockdown. It feels very big brother-esque in that way to go to Burning yeah. Man because I appreciate that you have zero service. Um, and there, there is like one place you can go and I actually found it uh, randomly that had wi-fi but they only had wi-fi from 3 a.m to 5 a.m or 8 a.m to 9 a.m and that was it okay so on, on the one hand that must feel like great right like to be disconnected just or whatever but yeah. what if there's an emergency i know i mean i thought that a lot and we talked about that a lot at, in my camp but um and on one hand, yeah, it'd be great to know. But on the other hand, it's like, what would I even do about it? Because no, no, no. Like, what if an emergency happened at Burning Man? Oh, and you guys at Burning Man. Yeah, I know. Well, they have a lot of infrastructure there that is there for support, and there are ways if you have to, if something happened to you. Uh, like okay. the, the person in charge of my camp has Michael's contact info, and people okay. like I had on my yeah, and like. I mean, if they don't know what camp you're in and you're just some rando with a broken leg and you're passed out, I don't know what they would do. Uh, probably just life flight you out and then they'd figure it out. <laughs> um, but it's it's all part of the risk of Burning Man. It's yeah. not it's really meant to disconnect you from the rest of the world. And because of that, um, you feel like you're there for an eternity. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes that's great. And sometimes that's really hard, but it's not any old music festival it's nothing like a music festival it's it's hard to explain what it is yeah like what did you do like give me the rundown like how was it so okay this was my fourth time going um the last time I went was 2019 and it was really fun to do the one right before COVID happened and then the one after uh, COVID sure. happened um so to like cap off that whole experience um so was there anything majorly different about it because of code or not really no not really secluded, right I like, mean I I'd say for me personally I felt very different in that I've you know I've been more social I've been going out and doing things and going to bars and restaurants but I haven't done like a huge party party yeah. uh since COVID I mean I did go to a warehouse party for pride but I still it still wasn't like I didn't feel the need to be in the center of the dance floor I was still on the outside and this is yeah. how I was a burning man. And there were moments when I would, you know, leave with some friends and they'd want to go to some dance party and I'd go out to it. And I mean, some of these uh, parties are just an ocean of people just yeah. packed and jumping and dancing so hard. And I would get there and it wasn't even just that I was trying to be COVID conscious or anything. I just was overwhelmed. Like I it's, haven't yeah. been, it's a lot of energy and I haven't been around that in you know, almost three years. So I remember the it was, first time in like two years that I was around more than say 10 people yeah. was at your birthday. 
Totally. And that was a big deal for And that was after there. a long time too. That like was just COVID this last just, March. Yeah. yeah. So like it was it's not it's not like it was at the height of the pandemic or anything and right. people were being careful. It was like we'd all had our boosters, we'd all, you know, da da da. Right, right. But like still it, it that the point is that like I I wasn't used to being around that many people anymore. Right. Yeah. And so Okay, so when I got there, I was pretty homesick. I was kind of like, what the hell am I doing? Why did I come oh. back here? Um, which is fine. I think I was just really tired. But the next day I snapped into the mode because yeah. you know it had been a few times. So I, I knew what I was getting into. And I, I, Burning Man is something that now I can like put on my roster of things I know how to do. Yeah. I know how to get through it. I know how to have a good time. I know how to pace myself. I know what to do if I'm alone or feeling awkward or tired. Like I know how to like check in with myself when I'm there, which is a skill that takes a long time to build. A lot of people yeah. burn out really fast or have total meltdowns. There's a lot of crying that happens at Burning Man in good and bad ways. Oh. So um, there's something about how you're out in the, cause you're out in the middle of this desert in Nevada. It takes a lot of time and money and effort to get there. It's mm. they, they, they do not make it easy, which is fine. I think that weeds out a lot of people and you're with 80,000 uh. people. You're with 80,000 people and you create a city uh, with its own set of rules and agreed upon values that you all follow. So everyone is in the same state of mind, more or less. And uh, it's kind of a social experiment. And um, I get so much out of it because the the values are things that are really great things to practice. So they believe heavily in uh, what they call radical self-reliance. So you are in charge of yourself. No one else is in charge of you. You take care of your own needs. You do you. Do you. Uh, there's uh, gifting. I mean, that's some good stuff to learn, though, is like you said, like self-reliance, like the idea that it's something that now you know how to do it. Yeah. Just also the idea that like, um, I don't know, I lost my train of thought. But <laughs> that's <laughs> but okay. Just, but, you were, but, you're, but like what you're saying is that like, it's this thing where like, you now feel like because you can check in with yourself. Yeah. That's what, that's what I was getting at. And and that's something that, that's something I never did until like, yeah, recently. I think COVID did that with a lot of people. It really shook everyone up and then they had to suddenly figure out, you know, I'm having these feelings and these thoughts and what do I do about it? And I have to stay still. Isn't that like uh, mindfulness? Like check in with yourself. Yeah. 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 Are you feeling, what are you thinking? What are you, you know? And, and Bernie man, you're, you're so out of your element and you're in such a harsh environment uh, you have to learn that skill. You have to know when it's time for you to just go to bed mm-hmm. or or like I'm cranky, it's because I'm hungry or I need to keep drinking water because you learn all the signs of dehydration. You're, it's really harsh out there. It's it's really hot. It's like the playa, which is like the desert is covered in this really thick dust that just gets all over everything all the time. So you have to let go of being clean. There's no such thing as being clean. And you know, you just you just adjust to this other world. So the main things that you do during the day, uh, there's camps, you know, and like I was in a camp and there's most people are in camps. You can just go out on your own, but it is nice to be in a camp and have a community that you're a part yeah. of. So my camp is based in California or uh, Canada. It's a Vancouver, B.C. camp. But we had 32 people and we had people from around the world in our camp. So we had people in our camp alone. We had people who are currently living in and from uh japan russia ireland brazil brazil i didn't know that um where else australia the uk uh canada america um i mean i think i I think we counted eight countries that were represented in 
did I say Japan? Yeah. In, in just our camp. And so in 32 people, we had eight countries. And I'm not kidding. Every single person in my camp was a total sweetheart. So down to earth, so fun, so silly. And we just really dove into getting to know each other. And the last time I went, there was some elements of that, but it wasn't nearly anything like this. I was, Mm. I felt like I could sit down and talk to every single person in my camp. Everyone was so lovely and so fun and just silly. And we just were belly laughing the whole week and you could split off with anybody and go on adventures. And uh, that was my biggest highlight was just how awesome my camp was uh because i've had camps before that was not like that at all and you're just invisible and they don't treat you well or they just ignore you and it sucks and so this was a community that i needed to be out there so i made a lot of great really great friends that live all over the place and then for what you do uh you go visit camps so different camps offer different things are always another big value of burning man is participation like you are not there to be a spectator Burning Man is Mm. not a spectator sport. Like you are there to participate, to be involved, to like interact with people. And everyone just finds fun ways to interact with strangers. So it'll be like you walk by a camp and they're like, hey, we have this game to play. You play a game, you get a beer. Um, Or, hey, come in here. And this is like a space for us to just listen. And you can talk about anything you want and sit in front of me and you can just talk. And like, we won't say a word. Uh, The place across the street from us was this like cost doing bizarre and you could and like money doesn't exist there like literally you never see a dollar uh besides buying ice ice is the one thing you can buy there so the place across the street they had a cold brew nitro on tap every day and like all these costumes so every morning i would wake up go across the street get my cold brew and like look through their costumes and chat with them like their camp and our camp became super close and then and it, it, it's just amazing. And like so many camps do food. And like, I had like amazing ramen. I had like a lot of hot dogs. A lot of people serve hot dogs. I had like vegan soft serve ice cream and a cone twice. Wait, 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 two wait, how, how are they, how are they getting vegan ice cream because out in the desert? The effort that they put into their camp and their gift is insane. And and, and that's the thing is like, there's no infrastructure, there's no electricity, there's no water, there's no, there's nothing. So what you bring, you bring, like what, what you have, you bring. So people have crazy generators. Our camp was so badass. We were completely running off solar power. So we had these huge solar panels on top of one of the cool. uh, uh, storage units. And that powered our lights, our, our multiple freezers and fridges and our kitchen, our uh, bathroom that had a shower for us. Uh, we had this art car. So, I mean, I, I could go on and on about Birdie Man for hours, but I'm trying to sum it up. Um, there's art cars that are like mutant vehicles that most of them are made from scratch and they're made to look uh-huh. like something else completely. And they're just roaming out in the desert and they belong I've, to camps. So I've said art- it before, I'll say it again. Are there need like, why is there not some awesome, amazing photo book of like all the art that people do? There and, is, like, there, there is. There needs to be like a yearbook, like yeah. one for every year, you know? There should be, there really should be. And another thing is like, you know, cause there's these, there's the art cars that are rubbing around. So you'll be out in the desert and just see like a gigantic pirate ship, just like drive by you in the yeah. desert, or it's like Pac-Man chasing a ghost or it's that's crazy a huge squid. And it looks real and is covered in psychedelic lights. Um, so, I mean, you can literally just sit out there and just trip your balls off completely sober. Uh, and then there's <laughs> artwork that is, you know, as tall as buildings that people have been commissioned through grants through Burning Man 
to build. And they're just these epic, you know, structures that all have some deep meaning and deep story and, you know, reason behind it. And you can interact with it. Some of them you can, you know, climb on. Some of them you can touch and it changes colors. And, what? and, and, and a lot of those structures uh, burn at the end of the week. So a lot of the things you see that you're like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It's not going to exist after this week. Like it is gone. And they've been working on it for years. And then it's just gone. And so everything is. Uh, I know that's the point, but I'd be like, I'm oh, really God. hard on this. <laughs> I, and, and, you know, people do. And they do. Yeah. And it's just, you know, embracing that nothing lasts forever and um, everything dies, everything burns, everything's gone at one point or another. And it's just embracing that, you know, beauty is temporary. Enjoy it now. And uh, so it, it's it's actually a very it's a mentally challenging place to be. I was going to say, it sounds like it takes a lot of mental energy, especially it when really you does. like, like say that one camp is like, all right, you can come and sit and talk to us and say whatever you want. And you know, yeah. like that requires yeah. a lot of connection, energy, right. mental, it, physical, you know, it does. And, and that's why like, it's a very grounding place and everyone is very grounded when they're there. I think when, I, when I say I go to Burning Man, people are like, Oh, you're a burner. And I'm like, you don't even understand. Like, it's not what you think it is, but in a lot of ways, it's totally what you think it is. It's everything and it's who you are and it's what you come in with and what you want to bring to it and what you want to get out of it. And, you know, I've had some amazing therapy sessions there. I've gone to some talks that have completely changed my life. There's this like lady who does relationship advice that I've gone to like four times now. And every time I go, I take something from it that I'm like, this is such good advice. Um, and then there's just a lot of fun parties and it's very boozy. There's a lot of booze. There's a lot of alcohol. I wasn't expecting that the first time I went, there's, there's bars everywhere. That's like kind of the main thing that people provide. It's like, oh, you're out in the desert. You feel real hot. Hey, we're making amazing Mai Tais or like, come get a vodka slushy or we're making Bloody Marys. Like you can just get drinks everywhere you go. And because of the conditions you don't, I, I mean, I say, I don't drink a lot there, I, it's just like you're kind of always having a cocktail. Yeah. Um, what, what, one of the coolest things I did that was new for me is I went to the Dr. Bronner's, like Dr. Bronner himself has a camp who owns the soap, the soap with like a thousand words on it. Yeah. Um, so his camp is there to, uh, it, it's okay. So like you go to the Dr. Bronner's, it's called the, the foam dome and you have to get in line and I was not in the mood. I didn't want to go. I was actually really hungover. And I was like, and the people were like, you have to go, you have to go. And it was like an hour bike ride because everyone rides their bike everywhere. That's the only way to get around. Yeah. And I was like, fine, fine, fine. So I go, I get in line. I'm miserable. I don't want to be there. Um, we got a stamp on our hand eventually to give us the time to come back. We went back and we go into this room and the people who work for Dr. Bronner's or, or work for, for his camp anyway, uh, give you this whole spiel about like, this is going to be a, a spiritual experience. This is going to be something for you to, you know, connect with other people. It's a extremely non-sexual space, but like make eye contact and, and have fun. And we're going to get you clean for the first time this, this week. So you take off all your clothes and you go into I'm this, out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> you go into this massive room and you, it's like a daytime dance party and it's kind of awkward. And then they file like groups of people into this kind of this, it's like an elevated, like it's up off the ground, shipping container size full that's like has plastic walls. 
and you go in and there's people above you with huge hoses and they're like, are you ready for the foam? And you're like, yeah. And they count down and then they just spray you with so much foam that, and it's Dr. Bronner's soap, but mm-hmm. it's in foam shape and you just get com- like head to toe. Like I had so much foam, I couldn't see, I couldn't hear. It was like, you're just covered from head to toe. Like you can't even see you anymore. Uh, and then you just scrub it all over because you're so filthy and it feels so good. And then they switch up the hoses and then they spray you off with like a fire hose. And like I came and then you come out and there's all these people <laughs> from the and then you're just like so refreshed because you haven't been clean in days. And you're like, oh, my God, I just had so much wash off of me. And then you get out and then there's this like cool down place where they have all these like lotions and you like lotion yourself up and you're like and then you like go like dance with everybody and then you put your clothes on and leave. And then I was I did it with a lot of people from my camp and we were like, that was amazing because like I don't have a problem (laughs) with being naked around people and I don't think it's actually that sexual. But like I was like, that was that felt good because you're just all being humans who just need to like shower. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that are like, that yeah. sounds terrible. Um, but it was a beautiful experience for me. I absolutely loved it. That's so, great. Things like that. I went off on my <laughs> own. <laughs> I, I did a lot of things on my own. I would kind of just wander the playa by myself. If, you know, everyone in my camp wanted to go off and get a little crazier than I was in the mood for, I'd be like, okay, you guys do you. I'm going to go do my thing. And I would just bike by myself out in the desert, stop and look at art, interact with it, stop at a bar, chat with someone from somewhere else, you know, learn about who they are. They learn about who I am. I one time stopped and found this like huge stage that had this like vaudevillian uh, like burlesque show, but they were clowns. And there was like, some of them were from Portland and they were just like, so- of course they are. <laughs> I, know, I was like, of course you are. Um, and they were just so funny and so good. And I just loved like stopping and, you know, applauding them. And then I, they have a roller skating rink out there and I like found the roller skating rink and I went roller skating at nighttime by myself in the, middle of a, fun. in the middle of a desert. I mean, you get on swings that are just like massive. Uh, it's just like, it's adults that are given no limit to how creative and expressive they can possibly be. And you see like, what people do with that because that's Mm. not something we're ever really given and my favorite thing about Burning Man is just seeing grown adults just take a break from their lives and to be silly and to just focus on each other and interconnectedness and appreciation and you know being self-reliant and it's just it's this beautiful place and so then but then the last couple days we had this windstorm come through and when a windstorm comes through and stays, it's like it's called just a whiteout because you I couldn't see. Yeah, I could, I could only see like I could see my hand if it was about two feet away from my face and then it was gone. I couldn't see it. And it stayed that way for about two days. And it was like, uh, well, it was like most of Friday of the Are week. Are you wearing goggles? Like what I'm wearing heck? goggles. I have goggles oh on and I have a bandana over my face and that's it and um underwear and boots basically like military boots and um we basically couldn't you can't do anything like our cars can't drive you you can't ride your bike so we just like hid in our camp and it was pretty miserable and then friday night it cleared up pretty early like uh, not even early like at midnight and then saturday was just a whiteout all day and and it was like your last day, kind of your last hurrah, because Sunday we had to take down the camp and Monday we left. Yeah. Um, so 
it was uh, by by that Saturday where we were just miserable and stuck in our camp. Um, I was like, I am over it here so bad. And um, yeah, so then I kind of just felt like I was kind of waiting it out. Yeah. But um, I had a fantastic time and I don't know when I'll be back or if I'll ever be back because it was really hard. <laughs> and like it was it was great to come back after three years. Um, but that also means that I was three years older. And as you get yeah. older, you start to feel that difference a lot more than when I'm yeah. in my early 30s when I started going. So I don't know. I just was I, like, this is a lot. This is a lot, a lot, a lot. I heavily relate because <laughs> while you were doing that, <laughs> I went to, I did the exact opposite. I went to New York City. <laughs> right. What were you doing? And so I did FlameCon there. Amazing. But, you know, also haven't done it in like three years. I'm three years older. Yeah. It was not easy. It took a lot of, out of me. Like, usually at like the next day after a convention I'll like chill on the couch whatever relax a bit and then I'm you know back to work this took me like three days to recover yeah and you know FlameCon I guess for those who don't know is just like sorry I didn't mean to interrupt do you need do you have more about no no that's it I I mean I I would end it there just saying I don't know when I'll be back (laughs) glad I went I'm glad I've done it four times but I think I'm I think I'm good on that yeah um I'm gonna have to choose my words carefully here. Um, not for any reason other than I just want to be clear. Um, yeah, I mean, I love FlameCon. It's a queer comic book convention, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm a guest usually every year. Um, the show itself, the people who organize it, the people who put it on, the volunteers, the like the people who come to the convention, all that's amazing. Yeah, It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It was great to like connect with readers. You know, I haven't done a convention since like Reptile came out. I haven't done one since Lifetime Passes came out. So it was interesting to hear people who'd like read that stuff and came and talked to me and bought my stuff like that. That was wonderful. That's like, for me, that and then networking with people and seeing friends, that's the reason to do a convention, right? Yeah. And I have to remind myself that all the time because I'm like, well, I I always go with the mindset of like, how much money am I going to make, you know? Yeah. And that's not always the, the, the reason for the convention. Like, I um, met editors at conventions who then published some of my books years later, you know, like that's, you know, are you telling me that's not beneficial? Right, <laughs> like, right. That's great. Obviously. So what I'm getting at <laughs> is that like, I'm not in shape. I am very tired all the time. <laughs> I'm doing what I can to try to combat that and change that. But the thing that always kind of like gives me pause about FlameCon is that I have to fly five and a half hours from Portland to JFK and then I lose three hours right because of the time difference yeah and then I have to get whatever I have brought with me so even if I bring like my entire convention setup from JFK to Times Square now (laughs) by by yourself yes in the past you know my you know my dad once was like why don't you just take a taxi I'm like I don't have you know the $60 flat rate whatever from to Manhattan I can't pay 60 bucks to get me there I just can't yeah um so I'm left with the subway. Right. Right. So imagine convention luggage on the subway. Imagine my carry on my, you know, like whatever. It's not easy. No. And it, it's, it's easier than it. Well, okay. It's not as difficult as it could be because when you get to JFK, we should just call this the like summer episode, like what we did this summer. And I know. This fun episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, because we still have plenty we can talk about, but yeah, when I got to FlameCon or when I got to New York, 
all I needed to do was get my luggage. And then at the terminal, you get on the air train, right? That takes you, if you ride it all the way, it's like four stops. It takes you to Jamaica station. Mm -hmm. And at Jamaica station, you just buy your ticket and you get right on the subway. Right. And, you know, depending on where you're going to New York, you could make, you have to make a bunch of transfers or whatever and get on a different line. All you do is get on the E and it takes you directly to yeah. the, to the hotel, right? Literally like you get off the subway and you're there. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's fine. So you ride that for maybe like 40 minutes and then you're there. That's what I did. It was easier this time because I sent books ahead um, to a friend. I just had my carry on suitcase and my like backpack and that was it. And that was fine. And then I stayed at the hotel the convention was at. That was great. The room was nice. It was wonderful. I got to like crank up the AC, but that's the issue is that I may as well, I may as well have gone to Burning Man because it was yeah. like 10,000 degrees. Yeah. It was God. literally like 90% humidity. Cause you're in New York city in, in August, August, which is the, on worst. the subway with luggage. Yeah. And when, you know, like sometimes in the subway you have, there's not an escalator. You got to walk up the stairs. Yeah. And so you're now I'm carrying luggage upstairs. You know, it's a lot. I basically sweat through every single piece of clothing I brought. Mm -hmm. And my poor friend who hadn't been there since he was a kid, he would be like, Hey, do you want to go to Central Park? Do you want to go to the map? I'm like, No, I've done it. Like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't care. Like, I like, and I, and I wish I could have gone with him, but I just like didn't, like, I didn't have, unless I went shopping, yeah, I didn't have enough clothes to last right. me because I sweat through every piece of clothing I brought. Yeah. And then when you're in New York, you just automatically are walking 10 times more than you usually do. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I got, I got this is gross. I got like an ingrown toenail. <laughs> like, one of my legs started like, like filling up with fluid I could tell I was like I can't yeah. do this you know so all of this to tell you that the convention was great it was sandwiched in between two horrible travel experiences <laughs> um <clears throat> I got a lot of great stuff at FlameCon though from like some really great artists um some great comic writers and stuff that are putting out some really cool stuff um but um all I needed to do to get back home was do the same thing in reverse right yeah and I was like hey, that's not too difficult now, me being a severe overplanner, <laughs> that morning I went shopping and in Times Square, you know, and I went to Super uh, Super Dry, which I'm yeah. literally wearing the shirt right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I bought a t-shirt. Um, it's just like standard black t-shirt says Super Dry on it. And I put it in my, my bag. So I'm in the AC at the hotel. It's great. It's time for me to go. I get, in, I go downstairs, I get into the subway. I buy my ticket and I'm on the E train heading back to the air train, right? Like doing the sure. opposite. So all I have to do is ride it for 40 minutes and then at Jamaica station, get off and get on the air train. Right. So one stop before Jamaica station, <laughs> the subway car stops. And then over the intercom, I hear, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, what? There's some older gentleman in front of me with a suitcase, obviously also going to the airport. You know, we're looking at each other like, what, what, like, did you hear, did you get that? I didn't get that. So then I ask these ladies that are on the train, I'm like, do you understand what's happening? And one of them says, oh, I think the conductor's saying that um, there's another train on the tracks ahead of us with some issues and they don't know when it's going to start going again. Mm -hmm. So you can either get off here and transfer to a different train or you can wait. And I was like, well, I, I can't, I can't transfer. I need to, I have to go to the next stop. And she's like, yeah. I may as well wait then. Although 
true New Yorker, she was like, oh, if you need to get to the airport, what you need to do is get off this train, you transfer to the F, then you get on the bus over. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing like, that. Get out of here. With There's that no shit. way. There's no, no way. way. So the car starts pretty quickly. I was like, oh, like it's just started up again. I was like, all right. So we go and I'm like, okay, good. Thank God. One more stop. And then I can just transfer to the air train and it's air conditioning. It'll be great. The subway goes one stop past. It zooms right through the Jamaica station stop. What the hell? And I'm like, what the fuck? So I get out because I have to. I call my husband. <laughs> now I'm in the middle of I don't even fucking know where New York, right? Yeah, which and, can get real dodgy. Well, it was so it was like afternoon, like maybe noon. I don't even remember. No, it was okay. like three o'clock. It was three o'clock. So I get out in a column and I'm like, I have no idea where I am. Here's what happened, blah, blah, blah. So him being wonderful, he like looks it up and he's like, okay, you're four blocks from the Jamaica station air train stop. So your best bet is probably to just walk there. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking like four blocks. All right, whatever. Fine. Forgetting that they're New York city blocks. They're like a thousand miles long. Yeah. And it is 90 degrees, oh my God. 90% humidity. It took me half an hour. I, so mind you, I'm psycho. And I left for the airport three hours early, knowing this sh shit oh, happened. As you should in New right? York, because shit goes south so fast. Yeah. So thank God I had enough time. And thank God I paid $80 for a TSA pre-check interview like four months some years ago. Yeah. So that I can do the TSA pre-check and not have to wait in the security line. Because when I got to the airport, the security line was a 55-minute wait just to get up to the front of security. Jesus. I was like, oh, my God. So. I'll make I'll, I'll end this story by basically telling you that when I got to the air train, it looked like I had jumped into a swimming pool. Yeah. And I was like, I can't sit like this on an airplane for mm -hmm. six hours. Mm -hmm. There's no effing way. Yeah. So had I not gone shopping that morning and bought one t-shirt <laughs> that was in my backpack, I wouldn't have been able to go into the bathroom and change. It was oh disgusting. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this again. Yeah. And and like I went so like I started a sort of like a group for like queer comics guys a while back and and there's some really great people in it that finally we were able to like meet in person at the convention. That was really awesome. We kind of like all went to dinner and hung out. But around eleven o'clock, everybody was like, Hey, let's go to a bar. There's like a new bar open down the street. And I was like, Cool, um, I'm going to bed. Bye. Yeah, bye. And I don't think of myself, I I'm, unless I'm talking about how awful my and painful my body is. <laughs> I don't think of myself as like old, right? But like, right. I guess I was probably the oldest person in that group. Yeah. And there's a lot of people in their 30s, a lot of people, whatever, you know, but I am going to, like, I'm almost 42. Yeah. And so I was, I was like, I feel kind of like a party pooper, but at the same time, I'm like, no, I'm out. I, I, I am, I am done. I can go, like, I would rather be watching the sci-fi network in the hotel room I, I, in and the when, air conditioning. And when you say those no's, which I said a lot of no's at Burning Man 2 in a place that it's all very based on, like, say yes to everything, which I'm right. like, uh, how about I'll say no to that already? Yeah. Um, whenever you say no, how fucking good does it feel when you go do that I'm thing? I'm starting to, so Ugh. I'm used to, like, if someone approaches me about a commission, if someone, you know, I'm used to always being like, yes, yes, right. yes. And just saying no, I'm going to walk back to the hotel room and and do my thing it felt great I was able to take a bath I was able to like do whatever yeah. I wanted turn out to crank up the AC you know like I couldn't do it and I felt like I don't want this to come out any other way other than like it's just a 
like observation that I made was I was like, if this were 10 years ago, right. I may have felt the need to like network, right. To meet more people. Sure. And I always love meeting new people, but it doesn't feel like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't feel necessary, I guess, for me to do a lot of networking anymore for my career yeah. at a comic book convention. Right. And that's a nice little privileged position, I guess, for me to be in. But like, I don't, I, that's why I was comfortable being like, yeah, guys, I'm going to bed. Bye. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that is the theme of our stories is we're too old for this shit. <laughs> and <laughs> And it's and it's okay to say no. Yeah, and you know, and check in I, with yourself. Check in with yourself because uh, when, uh, when it was eleven and they were like, "Okay, we're going to the next bar," I was like, "I know that there's a pizza by the slice place right next to the hotel." Oh yeah, I can oh. get a slice on my way into the hotel. Oh my god, my yeah, camp, get in the, my you know, yeah, my camp wanted to go see Diplo, and I was like, "That's the only DJ out here that I actually recognize the name." I couldn't tell you a song of his, but I'm like, "Oh, sure, Diplo. I know that's a thing. That he's the thing." Yeah. So I rode for like an hour with my camp out no, to girl. this place, and it was probably midnight. And I showed up, and I was like, "Oh, that's what this is." It was like dubstep, heavy, crazy music with a thousand people, and I was like. Peace. I'm gonna go. <laughs> you guys have fun with Diplo. I don't. Give and a you shit. rode an hour back. <laughs> yeah, and then I rode an hour back by myself and had a really good time. And I was like, "This is the kind of night I want to have." Yeah, I, that's, that's another thing. As I get older and doing these things, it's like I really love the times that I'm alone. <laughs> like I've learned to be really good at that. And in 2013, when I first went to Burning Man and I was alone, I was so awkward and I felt like no one wants to talk to me. And like, what do I do with myself? And do I go over here? I don't know. And now it's like, I love having independence in an unfamiliar place and be like, I'm yeah. going to stop where I want to stop. And I'm going to go if I want to go. And I'm going to just take care of myself. And I love it. I love that part. Um, yeah. But I, I said no a lot of times. I went to bed a lot of times when, you know, and I also stayed up till the sun rose one night. So like I choose what I do. And if I feel like not doing it, I do not feel any way about yeah. having to do it or holding up to some I feel like the another good thing about feeling that way though is I don't want to say good things came out of this pandemic, but like ugh. but like if if you like let's say we went to Burning Man and I was like, yeah, let's go do Diplo or whatever. And we got there and you were like, this is, yeah, guys, peace. Yeah. Maybe 10 years ago, I'd have been like, what? We came all this way. You don't want to do know, it? I know, I know, and now, I know. And now I'm like, you do you. It's cool. I'm not oh, going to, you know, like. Yeah. That was also why great. my camp was so amazing is they were just like, we get it. Have fun. And like, they know right. they can trust me because to go be on my own. It's a weird thing where like, because now I have felt like I'm out of here. This is not for me. Yeah. If someone else I know is feeling that. I'm going to want them to feel comfortable. I'm oh, gonna, you know, it's like, I have completely it. stopped pressuring anyone to ever do anything ever, like yeah. of any kind. I'm like, you don't want to go out and you said you did. Okay, you don't. That's fine. Or like, yeah. you just want to have one beer. Cool. Go home. Go to bed. Yeah. Who cares? Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe this uh, should just be our episode. Let's, of let's have this be a very summer episode. updates. Summer updates. Two. Yeah. Do we? Do you want to do a gimme more for this episode? Let's do a gimme more for this episode. <laughs> All right. Well, At there's least... several things we could talk about. How about we talk about uh, my suggestion for gimme more is we talk about this the new song of the summer. <laughs> okay. Because, okay, so this song came out 
the Friday before Burning Man. And now okay. I'm going to be that asshole that relates everything to Burning Man because he just went to Burning Man. But so that song came out the Friday before I left okay. and I left on Saturday. Okay. So I, okay, first of all, I did hear a leaked version and I mm-hmm. listened to the leaked version a lot. There was a lot of controversy over listening to leaked versions of songs because uh, well, so i guess if anyone doesn't know we should right. probably tell them what the song was yes it's britney spears and elton john and it's called hold me closer and it's a remix of tiny dancer and yeah. the song the one so when beyonce came out with her album people were listening to leaked versions and she came out and was like that's not cool you got to wait. This is all intentional. It's like a package deal that I have yeah. preparing and cultivating for it to be an experience. Like, just wait. And and I get it. I get it. And then, you know, there are all these leaked versions of uh, Hold Me Closer. And I was just desperate to listen to it. And on Twitter, there was a lot of people saying, stop spreading the leaked versions. That's not cool. The reason being is because, you know, if if you wait until it comes out and then you stream it, then those numbers, numbers yeah. will be in her number and then she'll have a lot more streams. I think that's all bullshit for me anyway, because yeah. uh, I could listen to a Britney song. You're leak. like, um, 5,000 of those streams once it's up on Spotify are going to be me anyway. <laughs> yeah, like I'm gonna stop once it's on Spotify. Like I will listen to this song for years to come. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I, I get if someone just supposed to hear it once, I guess. But um, also, Britney's going to be just fine. And I'm like the queen of listening to leaked Britney songs. Like I've been doing this. Oh, you've been doing it since, yeah. Her you whole did. career. There's so many of my favorite Britney songs that were never on any album ever that were yeah. amazing. And so I, whatever, I listen to all the leaked shit. I don't even care. And if it's like maybe an up and coming artist, whatever. But uh, I don't listen to those. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, I think you do. You have such good. I do. And, and I'm like just trying to be funny. Extensive, like a. Uh, I do playlists like, for every eclectic. year. That it's yeah. true. Um, You're so like, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you yeah. nailed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so when I first heard this song, I was completely floored because uh, it doesn't only sample "Tiny Dancer." It samples another Elton John song called "The One," and the Elton John song "The One" was. Actually, it's it's one of my top three favorite songs of all time, and oh. it has been since I was a child. So uh, the song called The One came out in the mid 90s. It was on the radio for a hot second. It had a music video. It was a single. It was very like Elton John contemporary 90s style. It's a ballad. It's very slow. And it really struck a chord in me as a kid for some reason. Mm. And I had it recorded on a cassette tape from the radio and I would listen to it on repeat as a kid all the time. And it just was like, it honestly is one of my favorite songs of all time. So I knew that Britney was coming out with a remix of Tiny Dancer. And I was like, that sounds very fitting. That's Elton John's probably biggest song. And then to hear the song and hear that it was, uh, Tiny Dancer and The One and hearing Britney Spears singing the lyrics to The One it it was a spiritual experience for me I I cried I was like this this song feels like it was a project that was meant for me specifically because it's my favorite person singing my favorite song that's a really obscure Elton John song yeah 
So the uh, the verses are from the one and then the chorus is Tiny Dancer. Oh, wow. So it really, really, really blew me away. And it's still does. I don't even does. know about the one. Now I'm going to have to yeah, listen to it. Yeah, you should. Um, like the very first things they say is, um, uh, I saw you dancing on, on the ocean, uh, running fast along the tides. That's all the one. Oh. And um, yeah, so so. I'm very biased, obviously, because it's Britney and because it's Elton John, who I am obsessed with Elton John too. But it's it's just like it's it's a multi-layered love for me of this remix, of this cover, um, of this collaboration, which apparently they did record it in person in a studio, which also is a lovely little treat to know that they took the effort to meet and record yeah. together. My gosh, for me, that'd be like if Buffy met the X-Men. <laughs> Seriously, like literally like a Doctor Strange portal opens up and right. it's Buffy. Like that, yeah. it's the same feeling. Oh like, my you gosh, would just amazing. be like, they know yeah. me too well. Like how, right. how do they Who do made this? this for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it'd be exactly that's like great. that. That's great. So um, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I, mean, I really like the song. I think it sounds cool. It's yeah, fun. what do you think of it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do, I do. I like it. It's fun. Um, <laughs> like, it's a good song. <laughs> um yeah i, I think, think it's I, I think it's gonna be really popular i mean it's it's the number one song in i think 10 countries right now oh, wow. um when i went off to burning man i was like i can't wait to come back and see how it's charting because it, it just the first day it was number one in four countries and then now it's in like tons of countries and she's uh actually in a very select group of people who's had a number one song in four decades now oh, wow. um so that's a cute that's a really cool record for Britney to own now yeah. um because that is wild to think about 90s early 2000s the teens and the 20s like yeah. she's had a number one single so I will say that the thing that I am associating most with the song is a meme someone posted okay and it was a clip of that video where Elton John is like I don't know if he's like on a boat or something but then like he's like and I'm gonna play the new song for you you know what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah and so like, like the, the it's a new video playing. right yeah the song starts playing yeah. and he's just kind of like bopping a little bit to it, it looks and, like he's in like palm, bit, right like he's in palm springs right. or something yeah so somebody posted it the video and he's like you know singing a little bit and then just dancing and bopping whatever and someone yeah, said does yeah. nobody someone someone wrote does nobody even care that she killed selena oh my god because he looks just like yes <laughs> like yolanda oh my god yes i did see that that was hilarious it took me a yeah. second yeah it yeah second, and then i could not see it it was it was bad yeah um, anyway that's hilarious um, well, i think it was very smart of elton john um it's such a good move for him and for britney you know because he did the same thing with dua lipa that yeah. just is is still I, and I love a that big song, song. i love it and yeah. even that song um was a mix of two different songs of Elton John's also. Uh, yeah. So it's the second time. So he, he, I don't know. I wonder if he'll do this with someone else. I'm sure he will. I, I can't mean, I can't imagine I, he would stop if there's such big hits. I know. And I like, who could he do it with after Britney? Like, I don't <laughs> even know. Like, I, I can't imagine a, a like bigger, like. He'll do it with Ariana Grande. Right. She's the biggest right. pop star in the world right now, so. Well, yeah. I, I guess mean, that makes sense. After Britney. After course. Britney. No, um, she. I'm sure she is. There'll um, be some 12-year-old that we don't have never heard I of. I know, you know, I know. Someone that um, yeah. I'm supposed to care about. I guess before we end, I want to do a little bit a little bit of a, not retraction, but an update, a kind of thing that, because I went back and listened to some of our albums. Okay. You're like, yeah. yeah. And when we were talking about Nope. Yeah. 
I mentioned like I'm not sure she's got like a really butch vibe in this talking about Kiki Palmer's character Emerald sure I rewatched the movie I just watched it for the second time with Scott and it's very obvious that she's on a second watch that she's she's definitely a lesbian she's a lesbian (laughs) talks about her girl and she talks about you know okay I'm like okay yeah she's and then you know right she hits on a lady and a part of it and oh cool she's definitely a lesbian so there's no question yeah so there's yeah so Gotcha. Just in case somebody was listening in the episode, and they're like, "Did you? Did we watch the same movie?" It's obvious. <laughs> I just want to let you know. That's really funny. I watched how, it again. How did you watch it again? I want to watch it again. Um, Scott, was it um, not not legal? And I didn't ask how we, um, you got it. Um, okay, but I think it's I think because now it's streaming in some places. Maybe okay. For rent. Okay. Gotcha. 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 He was he 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 rented it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean okay well well this brings me to one more thing and then we definitely should okay. stop this episode okay but so much is happening right now with like HBO Max and, and Warner Brothers and like I don't know if you've heard but they're completely removed many many animated series from HBO Max oh. are not available anywhere else a great show like um Infinity Train that was a mm. that was a really cool cartoon um and a couple other ones that I just really love Victor and Valentino they're the the uh, Warner Brothers are the ones who completely nixed the um the Batgirl movie that was being made. Right, right. Yeah. And all for a tax break. All for a freaking tax. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. But um, why did I get into this? <laughs> I don't know. Because you're mad. Oh, because pirating and, you know, whatever. Oh. Um, so the, like, I think it was the guy who created Infinity Train or Show Around it or whatever. He was like, he tweeted something that was like, yeah, sure. You can, you know, illegally pirate Infinity Train. But like my kids can't do that, right? You know, it's like it, like these shows aren't aren't just for kids. But like the point of them being on streaming is that like you can, act, you can access it, you can put They're it on accessible. for your kids, you can put it on for your family, right? And now it's not anywhere. And this is why I'm a big like supporter of physical media because like if Buffy ever went off Hulu, you it, have your backup plan. That, that's why I bought my fifty dollar friggin' Thai <laughs> gay TV series, right? Money. You know, if it's ever not on YouTube, I'll right. never be able to watch it again. So. Yeah, it just makes me really sad. And um, everybody, if you can somehow find Infinity Train, that's a terrific show. You should watch that show. I think I can picture the graphics of it. It's like a, uh, almost like an infinity symbol on its side. Yeah, 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 totally. (sighs) Okay. Well, I think that's good for now. I literally was waking up in the desert yesterday so oh my god it was literally yesterday i was there yesterday oh so you literally texted me when you were like i service it was literally when i got back into service can i just tell you how my day was yesterday what i had to do i had to sleep in a shipping container uh because we had to deconstruct our tents which is fine i'm not complaining i had shelter (laughs) from the storm but uh i slept in a like a uh, shipping container portion of a semi truck basically slept for two hours woke up at 4 30 in the morning because we had to leave and had to pack my stuff I mean it was pretty much packed I had to drag my suitcases through like three inches of dust to get to a stop that we were pretty sure was the right stop we didn't know what it was to get in a shuttle that was a truck mm-hmm. with a trailer attached to it a trailer attached to it in the dark in the middle of a desert I get on that thing And we had to put all of our luggage in the back of the truck to get into the trailer. And he was like, my one rule is to not throw up in this trailer. And I was like, okay, now I want to, because you said that. And then as we're going, he's taking us to the bus stop, the burner bus, and like luggage starts 
fall, flying out of the back of the truck. We're screaming at him that that's our stuff. And he stopped way late, had to go back, pick all that up in the middle of the desert. We're thinking he's not even going to find it. He did. And then takes us to a bus stop that I got on still in the desert at six in the morning, took that to Reno, uh, and then got on an airplane in Reno and flew to Portland. And I got here at 2 PM yesterday. That was yesterday. Uh, uh, And then went, went to work today. (laughs) Getting in and out of shipping containers and, and (laughs) and tents and, and, and shuttles in the middle of the desert. Yeah, in the middle of the night is just not something I think a lot of Latinos want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, also so, like check my privilege. I like pay to do this shit, and like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't think that. I'm like, this is crazy. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we, you know what can't laugh about it. I know. <sighs> anyway, well, that was our summer summer updates. <laughs> Yay. Um, thanks for listening. I guess yeah. we'll see you at the next one. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.